Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Father, we love you so much, and I thank you for what you're doing in our church, and I thank you for, God, the abundance of small groups that have started and the relationships that are forming. And God, I ask, Lord, that as we even today talk about our spouses and marriage, I ask, Lord, that you would help us to grow in this area. Father, we pray that it would mark us, that truly we would have uh, marriages that last for decades. And I just pray for each marriage that's in the room today, each future marriage that's in the room today, um, we ask, Lord, that you would be at work and that you would help us. Uh, we ask that you would help us to, to love like you love, to serve like you serve, that we would be like Jesus to our spouse. We pray for your strength, your help, your grace. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Um, if you've been married for uh, 20 years or more, raise your hand. Let me see. 20 years or more, all right? Awesome. All right, keep them up. 30 years or more. 30 years or more. 30 years or more. Wow. 40 years or more. 40 years. Josh, put your hand down. Why is your, why is your hand up? Oh, waving. You're waving. Okay. 40 years. We got 40. Okay. All right, 40. All right, let's get it up there. All right, 40. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. There we go. Congratulations. That's so good. Um, I love that. Um, my parents hit 50 years this year. So my parents are 50 years this year. And um, I love, um, my dream is that we would have one day when, you know, that, a lot of us that would be able to say 40, 50 years. And that's kind of where I want to aim today. When Renata and I um, first started in Colorado on staff, we were in our early 20s. We had just gotten married. Actually, we got married, uh, went on our honeymoon. And uh, the first day that we arrived <laughs> In Colorado Springs, I uh, was my first day at the church, and then um, in Sunday school uh, that first year, Sunday school. I haven't used that word in a while, but uh, in Sunday school, um, they had like this this ladies' panel, and they had people that had been married for under ten years, under twenty years, thirty years, forty years, fifty years. And uh, Renata represented the, the couples. It was just it was an all ladies panel. And uh, they brought up Renata to represent the under 10 years, which she'd only been <laughs> married for like less than 10 months. And, um, and so then they asked each person to give some input on how to have a great marriage. And so Renata went first. And of course, she said, if you want to have a great marriage, just marry the most handsome man you can find, like I did. And so, uh, ooh, yeah, there you go. Nope, a little bit, okay. And then, um, and then, and then I don't know. I don't remember what the lady in her third with with twenty years or forty years or. But the lady who had been married for fifty years, what she said stuck because she got out her Bible, and she said, "We've been married for fifty years." And she said, "The best marriage advice that I could give." is Philippians chapter two, and she read this text. And so that's what I wanna talk about today because that's still impacting Renata and I. And we've talked about this a lot over the last 18 years that we've been married. Let me read it because um, this is what she read. I want to talk about this idea. In the, the, the name of the message today is serve your spouse, but here's what it is. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and compassion... Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, 
and do nothing, nothing, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility, humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. And do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. And so she began to talk about just this lady who'd been married for over 50 years. She said, that's the number one piece of advice I would give. You could pull out a whole lot of different Bible texts, stories about marriage. But then she went on to talk about this idea of putting the interest of your spouse above your own. And somehow that really marked Renata and I, and we've had this conversation so many times over the years about each one of us trying to serve one another to help the other person. But it's more than that. It's actually putting the interest of the other above our own. And of course, this is really challenging. I was actually listening uh, to this pastor speak who he's been married about 40 years. And he told this story about how in his 20s, he and his wife were starting to have a lot of tension in their marriage. And so he would uh, come home and they had very little time and, and there started to be real conflict. And so the conflict, at first they, they couldn't articulate exactly how or why, but over the course of time, she began to ask him to spend less time golfing so that she, he could invest it in being with her, to which you know he began to fight back and say, that's what I do, that's who I am, don't mess with that, come on now, you can touch anything, but don't touch that, that kind of thing. But he told this story about how in his late 20s, two kids, he made a decision to give up golf, to invest in marriage and family, and everybody just got nervous. All the dudes just suddenly like, let's find a new church. And so... Uh, but he told, he told the story about then how he gave that up. And for the first month, there was a little bit of awkwardness. They didn't know what to talk about, but it opened up this space. It opened up this time. And now uh, he's actually someone who does lots of seminars and books on marriage. And he talked about voluntarily foregoing that, putting the interest of the family, putting the interest of his wife and kids above something that, man, he had held in high esteem and how it flipped the marriage. It, it flipped, it made this statement. I'm gonna put that interest above my own interest. My interest is I do love golf. And I think later on, Years later, he got back into it. It wasn't forever, but it made this such a strong statement to his wife that it just, it re-energized. It just created some life in their marriage and gave, created time for them to just, honestly, he explains it at that time, there was so much stress of two little babies. It enabled him to invest in her and the family in a way where suddenly, suddenly it sparked, it helped the marriage. And really it's this Philippians 2 idea of putting the interests of others above ourselves. Easy to talk about, easy to read in Philippians 2, easy to read that concept from Paul, very hard to do in our lives, very hard to do on a day-to-day way. And so the first year that Renata and I got married um, that summer, I got married in May and uh, I was speaking at a youth conference in San Francisco in August. And up to that point, we had had very little tension, but we were in San Francisco. We had a break um, and I said, let's go down to Pier 39 in San Francisco and hang out for lunch. We go there and I'm a seafood guy. I'm like, this is going to be great. And so I said, hey, let's get some fish. Let's get some shrimp. Let's get some 
some clam chowder. And, and Renata says, I don't do seafood. And I said, well, well, you can learn, honey. This is going to be a part of your life. And, uh, and she said, no, 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 I, 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 I don't do that. I, I grew up in the Midwest. I like potatoes and I like hamburgers and I like chicken if it comes from a farm. I said, all right, but uh, something from the sea is a no-go. And I said, no, 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 you can learn. It's really good. And, it, and then it took it up a moment. She said, no. I, I, and I said, no? Like, not even try it? And then she said, what if we did this? What if you get seafood and I get chicken? And I said, no. That's not going to work because I'm cheap and there ain't no, we're going to split a meal. And so that's, I'm cheap. I do seafood. She's like, I spend and we eat farm food. And, and there was just this tension. There was this moment where honestly, it was, it got a little bit heated and this is confession. And I'm only telling you this so that you can know I'm not the perfect husband when I, when I tell all these stories and preach up here about marriage. But I looked at her and I got a little red face and I, I, I sinned. I looked at her and I said, you mean to tell me I'm going to go my whole life and never eat fish again? And she started to cry, and I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, and it, was a, it was a moment where I failed at, at putting the interest. But we, we laugh about it now because now, I mean, years later, I mean, our dates don't look like that. Our dates look like more like, where do you want to go? I don't care. Where do you want to go? Where do you? I don't care. Just, whatever you want, whatever you want. And so sometimes, sometimes life will just beat it out of you, and you, you start to serve each other, and some of those interests just go away. I don't know. It's just whatever you want, baby. And but I say that today because I think a big part of our, our, our marriage process is in the mundane routine after our small things in an intentional way, asking the question, what do you, what do you want? How can I place you above self? How can I, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to say, hey, we want to do it for other people. And I'm saying, even in the middle of the marriage, in the midst of the day-to-day conversation, working diligently. And, 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 and that's challenging. I mean, you, Renata could give you hundreds of stories of how she's put my interests above hers. It's been amazing, but it's hard. When we first got married, I, I remember like the first couple years before we had kids, if we had a day off, I, we wanted to spend it different ways. Like I had adventure in mind. I'm like extrovert. Let's go play. Let's go have fun. And here's what Renata thought was fun. Let's go look at model homes. We own a home. We're not going to buy a home. We're going to stay in our home. But let's just go look at model homes just to see what they look like. And I just thought that that's a miserable day. Like, I like the free cookies, but that's about it. Like, I don't want another mortgage there. I don't want even the seed thought of potentially upgrading. I'm actually trying to downgrade our house. Um, and I, that's just, that was painful. And, but there was a lot of Saturdays. That's what we did. So the Sooners were on. I mean, college football was going. We lived in the mountains. There was, there was mountains to hike. And, and we were in model homes for no reason at all. Um, <laughs> other than trying to put the interests of my bride above my, actually the, the weirdest one for me, and this is poor Renata, she should get to preach this message. But anyway, um, I'll give her the last one. The last one was this, uh, when we would go out to eat, Renata would want to choose a restaurant based upon not the meal, but the dessert. And I just thought that was so strange. Like I grew up as a pastor's kid. We didn't even get to eat dessert at all. Like it was like, we would go get a water, split a meal and 
I didn't know which desserts were at the restaurants, right? But we'd be like on date night and I'd say, where do you want to go? You want Italian? You want Mexican food? I know you don't want seafood. And she would say, let's go to this place because they have a great chocolate cake dessert that we can split. What do you want to eat? Oh, I don't care. But I just want to get the dessert. And I just thought that was so weird. But we did over time. Now, now I know. Now I'm used to it. And I'm like, I know which place I want to go according to the dessert, right? Because you kind of, yeah, you change. But anyway, and so it's, it's that process of saying, I want to put your interests above mine. And and I, and I want to, I make all those statements about those kind of little things. And I think that it's important that in our marriages, we do that with the little things. Where I want to go today is I want to take it up a little bit and even come at it a little bit different angle and talk about not just preferences, not just this kind of the temporal uh, interests, but I want to talk about the eternal interests. I want, I want to talk about even the way that we've kind of built Radiant in terms of know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. I want to invite you to look at this verse and this idea in the context of marriage and you serving your spouse's eternal interests. In, in other words, yeah, you care about, all right, you love chocolate cake and you love chicken more than you love seafood and you like houses more than college football, so I'm going to put your interests above mine. Yeah, that's good. All right, but let's take it even higher and if what I care about is putting your interests above mine, what are the things that last for eternity? What are the things that last and are going to help you in your, and I want to talk about four things, in your relationship with Jesus, in your friendships, the camaraderie, the, the relationships that like we talked about last uh, two weeks ago about you growing in friendship and those people that spur you on. And then the calling on your life, like you knowing it, you being able to verbalize it and, 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 and then you, you doing the thing that God made you to do where when you do that in ministry, you do that calling. I, as your spouse, come alive because I so enjoy seeing you accomplish what God made you to do. What, when you do this, you go, that's how you live a day. Man, I was made for this. And so I want to talk about, in, the, in that context, like you thinking about, I want to put the interest of my spouse, the eternal interest, the first one, my, my spouse knowing God, my spouse having relationship with Jesus in your mind, saying, I want to put above, I mean, above self, above me, I care, I'm going to love my spouse the way that Paul talks about Ephesians 5. I'm going to serve her the way that Christ loved the church. I'm going to love her. Ladies, you know, with your husbands, I want to serve him, love him. And I want you to think about the most important thing for them is their relationship with God. What would it look like in your life schedule time frame if you were to make that such a priority that you voluntarily went without some things, went without some of your own personal interests in order to make an investment in their relationship with God? Like you cared about it, like you had a thought process. I actually, a part of what I do in marriage is I want to, I want to, Create my life in such a way, my schedule, serve in such a way that my spouse has the capacity, the moments, the time, the vehicles, the tools, the opportunity to get close to Jesus. So Philippians 3, 8, one of, one of my, the great texts that even in the creation of Radiant Church, this phrase, know God, 
comes from this idea that Paul says in Philippians 3, 8, where he says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth or the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. All right. And so Paul in that great Philippians 3 text is talking about the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ, knowing God. I want to invite you to think about, all right, I care about my spouse, knowing God. What does it look like for me to frame my life, serve my spouse in such a way that they've got the opportunity to go deep in their relationship with Jesus, that they know that they get close to him. Uh, for Renata and I, I mean, our, our engagement season and our dating season, we would spend a lot of times just, just hours sitting at Starbucks and uh, talking about what it would look like um, to be close to God, to fulfill our, our callings, what God's called us to do, and getting to just know God. And for us, that in, in a season where I had a very, I mean, I lived with a couple of very messy dudes in this bachelor's house, and she lived in this house where we didn't have any space and place to go. We, we found the coffee shop, the place where we could just sit and talk and hang out. And it's actually impacted to this day where both of us love to get away solo, alone, and just be with God at coffee shops. We have four kids, so our house is pretty crazy, pretty busy. And so for us, it's just a way, it's just a space to get alone, to be with God. And one of the things that we'll often do for one another when it feels like the other one is in a desperate place, and it's typically Renata, she'll see me, I'm frazzled, I'm like, ah, stressed out. And one of the best things she'll do for me is she'll just be like, hey, you just leave. You just go get alone with God and go spend time with Jesus. And what we have found is I can go get out journal, Bible, spend a couple hours with God and come back and be at peace. Be, be all right, I'm good, I'm, I'm all right. And, and honestly, the same. There's a Starbucks by our house where Renata likes to go and get away. One of her friends recently said, hey, what? I wanna get Renata a gift. What should I get her? And I said, just get her some Starbucks card for her and Jesus to get some time, you know, like, because when she gets away, she gets alone with God. It's, 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 it's what charges her. It's where she finds some strength. And so in your relationship with your spouse, having in your mind, in your heart, I care about not just the small things. Yeah, the small preferences, but I care about their relationship with God and I wanna actually diligently plan work so that they can have great times alone with God, thinking through that, what it would look like. And I think that what we often do is run to things that will that, that, that feed our flesh. So we're like, man, I'm stressed out, life's hard. I'm gonna just, man, I'm just gonna get away to the sports grill bar and just watch a game. Okay, well, that's all right. Or I'm gonna just get away. I'll make a way for Renata to go get to the mall. That's okay. I'm not putting those things down as bad things, but I do think there's something better. I do think that there is conversation and, and, and reframing so that, hey, the best thing, it doesn't have to be a coffee shop. I was just using that as something that we do. But hey, I want you to go, go, go be with God. Go get alone with God and fighting for that relationship, fighting for your spouse to know him. What does it look like? Was it, how do you reframe things in your own life so that they spend time with God? Second one was this. Wait, that we say it here at Radiant, we use this phrase, find freedom. 
And what we're talking about there in that idea of finding freedom is each one of us are in the process. Yeah, we've committed to walk with Jesus. Now we're in a process of transformation. We're in the process of discipleship. We're in the process of sanctification. We're in the process of becoming like Jesus. And we believe that the best way to do that is in the context of friendships and relationships of having some sisters or some brothers or some comrades or some friends that call you to it, walk with you on the journey and say, hey, I want to help you. I want to be close to you. So uh, Joshua said it a moment ago about our intentionality, about forming small groups, forming relationships, because we all know that when we're in isolation, we tend to grow cold. When we have other relationships, people that are championing us, encouraging us, man, it helps. And so I, I want to just read this text that I read two weeks ago out of Hebrews 10, because I just want to hit you with it again. I want, I want it to be fresh as you think about your spouse's relationships. So for me, Renata's friendships, like the relationships that they have, and I have a care about, I care about Renata's relationship with God. I care about Renata's friendships. Who are the people in her life that are going to help her in her journey toward following Jesus? Here's the way the author of Hebrews says it. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. There's so many that because of the busyness of life, kids, sports, double income, trying to make life work, giving up on meeting together. I want to encourage you, along with the author here, not to give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Many of us have given up on that habit, given up on those relationships. But in order for you to grow in your walk with God, one of the best things that you can have is those relationships that help you but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You need those comrades that you speak with, talk with, sit around the coffee shop, maybe play golf with, Josh said, play basketball with, pray for one. These relationships where we're encouraging each other. And I want you to think about not just, all right, houses and cars and food, and, but, and, and, and those things are good. And we, we're all in a process of trying to put our interests aside for those things. But hey, what does it look like for me with my spouse, you with your spouse, relationship with God, and who are the relationships? What's the small group? What's the environment? What's, what's the place? Who are the people that I can be intentional to help him or her get close to so that they can, so that they can be healthy and be transformed and grow? For us, one of the stories that was powerful where Renata did this for me um, I have this group of pastors. You've heard me talk about it before where we, once a year, uh, we all fly into the same place and we basically pray for each other, confess our sin together. And if anybody confesses anything that scares us, we yell at them for hours and say, you gotta make sure that you fight for purity and you gotta not allow that to get in your life. And if they're, if they're, if they're, if they're not, you know, if they're resistant, then we, then we hurt each other. Like, come on, until we get it. And I always joke around, it's the most expensive accountability group I've ever been a part of. Um, but it's vital and it's been so helpful for me and for these pastors in this group. And basically it formed out of us saying, hey, we don't want to ever end up a statistic. We don't want to ever end up <laughs> one of those guys that Everything fell apart because they made dumb choices. And so we want to fight for each other. We're going to call each other. We make a promise that we're going to be open and honest and vulnerable and accountable. And so in the year uh, that we planted Radiant, the year that we left Colorado, we were moving here. 
that, that group was getting together and I said to Renata over dinner, I'm not gonna go this year because the expense is too high. And right now we're in this transition. We don't have an income. I don't think it's a wise uh, use of our finances and my time because who knows what's gonna happen with the church plant and I just, we just don't have enough money for it. And I'll never forget the moment where Renata shut me down. And she said, that is one thing we are not gonna scrap. And she said, you're going. I said, babe, we don't, I don't think it's a good use. I don't think we should buy a plane. Today. I don't think we have the money for that. She goes, mm, no, end of discussion. You're going. I want you there. I want you to have those relationships. I want, I want those people speaking into your life. And she was embodying in that moment a personal sacrifice where she said, we'll go without something else. I'll go without a dessert. You know, we'll go out, we'll go without something in order for you to be there. Now, I want you to just begin to think that way, all right? I'm gonna put the interest of my spouse above mine. Like, how can I serve them? And what I care about, I care about, one, I want them to know God. I want them to have a relationship with Jesus. What are the ways? How can I, so that if it, because what happens is when you go low and you're trying to humbly, and that's the way Paul says it, in humility, serve one another. When you start to verbalize and work on it, it starts to create an openness and an honestness, an ability to have the conversation. And if it goes the other route, it can start to almost be tension. Like, when are you like power above rather than power under? Like, when are you going to get right with God? When are you going to, you know, that kind of vibe? And so you want to come out at the opposite where it's, no, I, I'm, I'm, I care about you. I have passion for your highest good. I care about some of your interests, like, like houses and cars and all that, but I care really about you knowing God and you having the relationships that help you to be transformed. And so here at Radiant, we're all about those relationships. That's why we're working on these small groups. And, and they've meant so much to me in my journey. I just know it's pivotal. Eugene Peterson said this, and I just wanted you to hear it. Friendship is a much underestimated aspect of spirituality. It's every bit as significant as prayer and fasting. That's a strong statement. Like the sacramental use of water and bread and wine, friendship takes what is common in human experience and turns it into something holy. It's these comrades, these friends that say, mm, I, I care about you. And I think in marriage, man, when you can point to other people that are helping your spouse in the journey on what matters forever, it's more important than chocolate cake. It's more important than chicken. It's, it's the things that matter most. And sometimes, even in marriage, we just think we have, we have so many small choices we have to make all the time. Gas, food, cars, kids' schedule, tuitions, costs, I mean, payments, finance. It's that sometimes it's easy to not pull back and make intentional choices about the things that matter most. And so... I want to invite you to think, even these phrases you hear us saying like a broken record around here, know God, find freedom, discover purpose. All the context today is in relationship to your spouse. I want her or I want him to have these things. Third one, discover purpose. Let me just read the way Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, discover purpose. When we talk about that, we're talking about that every single person is created by God with spiritual gifts. There are things inside of you. There are ways that God made you where 
You are made to make an impact. And all of us, the way Peter says it, like living stones are being built up into a house. So there's something that you're a 10 at. There is something that God wired, created you to do. And so as a spouse for me with Renata saying, now what, what is it? What is the, what is this? What's the God given gifts on her life? And vice versa for her to me. First Corinthians 12, Paul says it this way. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Every person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. All right? So you've heard us say frequently, that we want you to discover what your spiritual gifts are. I wanna flip that on its head a little bit in the context today in this relationship series, talking about your spouse, talking about you serving the interests of others, having this kind of thought process. Lord, help me to care significantly about the giftings, callings that's on my, on my spouse, or my wife, my husband. Like what, and, and where you know it, and where you're able to verbalize it. And if you don't know it, where you're, you're on this quest where because you care about them, you wanna work on it. You wanna talk about it. With, 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 with Renata and I, I, I mean, the thing that, that causes Renata to come alive, like more than anything, is, is, is the whole mom's heart, mothering, like that whole process. So like, I was like, Hey, babe, I just want you to know, like, if you feel called to, like, you know, be a lawyer or a doctor, I'd love that. That's amazing, you know, like, you want to do that? And she's like, I, I, I don't really think that's what God has for me right now. I want to be a stay-at-home mom. And I'm like, I think I could upgrade the 2001 Suburban if you might feel called to, like, you know, something. And she's like, no, 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 that's just, I want to do that. I'm like, you sure? No, no, that's, that's right. And, and, and so in the context of our journey, what that's meant is she fell in love with this author lady named Sally Clarkson, where Renata wants the podcast, the books, go to the conferences for the last 10, 15 years. Like that's, that's what causes her to come alive. And so in that moment as a spouse, one of the things that I can do best is saying, okay, the way that God's wired you is, and she loves working with kids. I don't know if you know this, but I mean, every, every week she's back working with kids. She oversees kids here at Radiant Church. The the kid conversation is she lights up. Like when we talk about how, how we're going to take care of your kids, what, I mean, she comes alive. So if I start, you know, if I start talking about, hey, let's, let's, how, what, what is, what's the production environment in the school going to look like? She's kind of like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, she just, it's just not her cup of tea. But you start talking about what's going on back there. You start talking about our kids. You start talking about children. And man, Renata's just right there with you. So me as a spouse, okay, God, it's me figuring out how do I be intentional as a husband, as a spouse, and put her interest, her calling above my own. Like what, how do I, what does it look like to serve? What does it look like to help her? Last one is this, it's this idea of, of making a difference. And, and this is where it concludes. It's this idea of ministry. It's, this idea of all of us have 
a peace, have something that God's called us to do. And I love, I've been, um, Francis Chan has been talking about this a lot recently and put it in his most recent book about marriage. And he's talking about how our temptation is to make a successful marriage just that we get along. Like the win is we survived. Like, and so that typically plays out in, let's work on our communication, let's work on our date night, let's work on our process in order to survive. And he's just, he's talk, the title of his book is, he's, he's talking about you and me forever. And he's talking about in light of eternity. He's talking about a marriage that does more than just survive. That a, a marriage that makes a difference on planet earth and the result of the two of you being married, you actually expand the kingdom. You actually make a ministry impact like as a result of you together, kids know God and that there's a, there's a the kingdom gets stronger. That, that song that we just sang about the church, set this church on fire or whatever it was. Like, like we are the church and we, we're, we're a part of it. Like we're, we're, we're making a difference. And, and I love that idea because it's this idea that our, our marriage is on mission. And because we're together, because God brought us together, there's an, a real impact that we're gonna make. And I've loved seeing this. This has been one of the most fun things for me to see in the process of starting Radiant Church. Because I've seen so many different people on our team where there's a spouse that cares about the calling and the ministry on their spouse. And they're willing to put that interest above their own comforts. One of my favorites was Nathan and Rachel Dorinsky. When we moved here and Rachel, she's, I mean, she's brilliant and she's a nurse practitioner. And there's this season where she's working so diligently. And before we started the church, Nathan and I, we were just, we were just, I mean, we're walking in faith, no income. And Nathan was able, it was amazing for it to be not just me, but Nathan was working full time and, and during that season, Rachel just, man, I wanna, I know this is Nathan's call. I know that it's, it's their call together, but there was a specificness of the time that he was investing on the church. And you could just see this Christ-likeness in Rachel. And I, and I, and I love that, I see that. I, I see it with Kenny and Katie Reed. There's this fighting for each other's destinies. Like, man, I want the ministry calling on your life. And, Man, I want, I want to see that. And you saw, you know, Katie up here a minute ago and she's singing and man, Kenny's up and he's, he's holding up all these poles and making things happen. And he's, he's, it's, it's for the Lord. And, but he's, he cares about, he cares about Katie and man, Katie, she's can sing and man, let's get that right. I mean, I could go through the whole team. I, I see it with, I see it with Skylar and Dory. They got two little kids are showing up in the dark at 6am and Kay, you know, Dory's running coffee and Skylar runs everything. So, you know, it's kind of like, but they're, they're fighting for each other. I see, I see it with Paul and Gabby. My point is this. Every single one of us have a calling to make a difference. And in your marriage, we want to get to this place where we're saying, oh, you can, you can verbalize it. Like you're working on it. Like this, God wired my spouse in this way. And man, I, Lord, how can I humbly go low to help that great commission, ministry calling take place? What, what, what are the things? How can I rearrange and, and even, even go without some stuff? So husband, what does that look like? 
for your wife. Wife, what does that look like for your husband so that they can walk in it? And every marriage is different. I know I gave some examples of Renata and I, and I just gave you some of the team at Radiant, but, but every marriage, every person's different. If every person's different, two people get married, you gotta know every marriage looks so different. So don't over compare yourself, just ask God. I invite you just even right now, would you just bow your heads and would you just say, Holy Spirit, what does it look like for me to serve my spouse? What does it look like for me to put his or her interests? What are you speaking to me today? Maybe a prayer would be, would you help me care? God, would you help me care about my spouse's relationship with you? About their friendships? About them knowing their calling? About their ministry impact? Would you help me to say yes to you and the things that you've called me to do? No to self. Help me to be a servant in my marriage. Do a fresh work inside of me today. Now will you just say yes to God in the thing that he's calling you to do, like one action item, one way, just one nugget, one thing that he's highlighting for you today and just say yes to him. God, we love you. The person who is the servant of all, the person who we look to who laid his own life down. It's Jesus. We know that Jesus is the greatest example in history of becoming a servant. And even here in Philippians 2, he's the one that goes low for you. Maybe you're here today and you have not ever responded to the fact that the God of the ages became a man. Jesus lived perfectly on planet earth. Jesus became the servant of all. and Jesus gave his life on the cross so that you could have eternal life with him forever. And he, he, he is the servant that changed everything. And he, he actually, he's, he served you by going to the cross. Maybe today you just want to respond to him and say, I want to, I want to serve God. I don't want to live for myself. I don't want to live for my own interests. I don't want to live for my own preferences, my own, my, myself. I want to respond to Jesus. I want to be a servant. 
of God. If that's you today, I just wanna invite you to pray this prayer. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that you lived a life that I could not live. Just between you and God right there at your seat. And I give you my life today. Would you save me and heal me and change me? Time I spend forever with you. I pray that I would care about what you care about, that I would become a Christ follower. I would be a disciple of Jesus. I give you my life. Redeem me and change me. I'll follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.